Welcome to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We are located at 3501 Cheviot Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45211. It is our mission to worship God and follow Jesus as we love and serve in His name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come see us sometime at 1030 on a Sunday morning or each Wednesday as we feed the community at 530 p.m. We hope the following message inspires you in some way. yesterday, so I'm very pleased to be able to speak today. Was at Young's uh, Jersey Dairy and then went to a restaurant afterwards and yelling to be heard over all the commotion. I had to stop talking in the evening and party with some friends and I had to sign everything I wanted to do so I would not be silent this morning. So, but praise the Lord, I'm able to talk without a problem now. Um, I got three points that were in the scriptures there today. Uh, we are all saved by grace through faith. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I think I'm going to start out with a couple definitions for some words that I'm going to use throughout. I think mercy is when you deserve something bad and you don't get it. And grace is when you do not deserve something good, and you do get it. And judgment is when you get what you deserve. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, so if I go through that, those will be some of the words I'm talking about. I also, down here this morning, instead of up top, because you may not know it, but I have a window all across up here. It's a perfect, pristine window, so clear, you can't even tell it's there. God told me, he said, Joel, you have this window here, don't break it. And so Satan came up to me and said, you know, what did he really say, don't break it? You can't go up there. If you break it, you can go up there. I've been up there. And Jesus came and put a brand new pane in there. Every time, he'll put a brand new pane up there. But we'll come back to that. All right. Saved by grace through faith. Who needs to be saved? It's real easy to get to heaven. All you have to do is never sin. From the time you're born until the time you die, just don't sin. It's been done. Jesus proved it's possible. But I've failed. I failed this morning, probably. Um, And God gave me a new window. Every time I get a new window. So let's let's back this up. Uh, Romans chapter three. Um, he quotes from the psalmist, and he uh, he says, "If I can find my first room, what then? If some do not believe, will their unbelief cancel God's faithfulness? Absolutely not. God must be true, even if everyone is a liar, as is written." that you may be justified in your words and triumph when you judge. But if our unrighteousness highlights God's righteousness, what do we say? I use a human argument. If God is unrighteous to inflict wrath, absolutely not. Otherwise, how will God judge the world? Again, giving us what we deserve. And many people like to contrast the God of the Old Testament 
and the God of the New Testament and say they're not the same. Well, I'll say God never changes. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the same when he created the world and he's the same when he will end the world. There's no difference. We have changed and his plan for us was set in motion from the very beginning. All right, everyone knows the story in Genesis 3. You got the serpent and Eve and Adam, and the serpent says, hey, try the fruit. They're like, um, okay, let's do it. And in verse 15 of Genesis 3, God said to the serpent, I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he will strike your head, and you will bruise his heel. That is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, my favorite messianic prophecy, because from the very first sin, God didn't say, oh man, what am I going to do now? I, I got perfect world for them, they're in the garden, and they just did the one thing they couldn't do. Now it's all wrecked. No, he said, you know what? I have a plan. And the plan is that I will come to earth as they, and I will die, and that will be the way to pardon them from their sin. They will receive grace because of Jesus' righteousness and sacrifice. Now, that's the first instance of God having a plan from the beginning. I've had many people refer to God, and he sits in judgment. All right, anyone heard that? God is sitting in judgment, he's sitting on his judgment seat. In the Old Testament, I didn't have this printed out because I'm unprepared. I apologize. Yesterday, I was out of town. I was up in, like I said, Young's Dairy and Beaver Creek and such, celebrating my birthday. So I apologize. I didn't have all my stuff prepared. But if we look at some verses from the Old Testament here, we've got the Ark of the Covenant, and God gave the plans for how to make it. And it was designed, Exodus 25, verse 17, make a mercy seat of pure gold. And he gave the dimensions. Put the mercy seat on the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. Where is it? I apologize for this. Um, Exodus 25, 21, put the mercy seat on top of the ark and put the testimony into the ark. As we already mentioned, the testimony, the covenant, the law, the rules, all that is under the mercy seat. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God had a plan, and the whole time his plan was to not give us the bad that we deserve. The plan was for him to take the bad that we deserve and give us the good. And one last reference to the mercy seat was in 1 Chronicles 28. David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple and its buildings and treasuries and upper rooms, inner rooms, and a room for the mercy seat. Not a room for the ark, not a room for the Ten Commandments, not a room for the manna, a room for the mercy seat.
I love it. And we are saved by the sacrifice of Jesus, saved by his grace, saved for us. Now, as I mentioned this window here, there's lots of things I can do to the window. I can throw a rock through it, I can hit it with a hammer. There's little things, I can leave a crack, I can leave a mess. God will always forgive us of our sins, but there will sometimes be glass on the ground that we have to watch out for. God will always help us, but we need to help each other also. You may know a brother or sister who is walking on glass right now because of choices they or others have made. Help them out. That, that, that's our job. Now, this morning, I saw a verse that Paul wrote to the Corinthian Fellowship, and I loved it, and it was fit, so I'm going to read that one. This is from 2 Corinthians 13. We pray to God that you do nothing wrong, not that we may appear to pass the test, but that you may do what is right, even though we may appear to fail. When I do what is right, it's not because I'm trying to achieve forgiveness, because my works will never achieve forgiveness. My works are down here on earth for the people around me. And I'm called to do so to help my brothers and sisters in Christ, not to earn heaven. Because I, can, I can't earn heaven by doing good. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, tells us that if you are saved by grace through faith, this is not from yourselves, it is gift, God's gift. Not from works, so no one can boast. For we are his creation, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Saved by grace through faith to do good works. The, uh, pardon me. James wrote to us in James chapter 2 about the difference in faith and works. He said, What good is it if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes or lacks deadly food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you don't get what he needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith was active with his works. And by his works... His faith was perfected, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend.
I hope that I can be called God's friend. I know a story of a saint, and this saint had a very solid prayer life, prayed to God every day, multiple times. And as the saint was approaching death, the saint said, God, I, I know I'm going to come to heaven with you, but I don't want to go up there empty-handed. I, I know it's not right, but can I just bring one suitcase with me? And God said, you know what? Bring a suitcase up. It's okay. So this saint went and liquidated all assets and bought gold and filled the suitcase full of gold. Saint died and was buried, threw the suitcase in the casket, and Saint walked up there and was approaching the pearly gates. And Jesus came out, hey, I'm glad you finally made it up here to see heaven. And my dad told me that you brought a suitcase with you. That's kind of atypical. Can I see what you brought? Open it up. Full of gold. Most beautiful gold you've ever seen. And Jesus said, you brought pavement? <laughs> it's uh, all the good works that Paul did, and he's done a lot. They are gold here on earth. He can point to them and say, look at my reputation. I got the badge. It's solid gold. Check me out. But up in heaven, all those good works, they're just the road in heaven. But they are the road to heaven. Your good works will never save you, and my good works will never save me. But I hope that my good works will help save someone else. I can't save anyone else. I, I'll, I'll be clear here. But if I can show them the road and help them, guide them, and lead them to Jesus, he's already done the work. He needs me to bring people with me. He doesn't want heaven to be a lonely place. He wants us all to bring all our friends. Heaven is supposed to be joyous. Let's go have a party.